One of my favorite verses is uh, Matthew 6.33. Matthew 6.33 says, But seek first the kingdom of God in his righteousness, and then all these other things shall be added unto you. And I can't think of a, a better direction for us to go as we look at 2017 is to start with that and to say, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all these other things will be added unto us. We have quite a privilege. It is Sunday, January 1st, 365 days uh, for this whole year. <coughs> no bad habits already in 2017. Uh, it's a clean slate, and we're getting ready to, to move forward, and we get to make a decision, each one of us individually, about what direction we want our life to go in. And today I've entitled our message, Live Sent in 2017, and we'll be talking more about Live Sent throughout this whole next month. But the um, mission statement of our church which is to be a statement for each of us as an individual, is this, sending transformed people to influence their world for Christ. Now, I want you to repeat this after me. Let's just say it together. Let's go. Sending transformed people to influence their world for Christ. Nine words, but strong words. Sending transformed people to influence their world for Christ. What if in 2017 you made the conscious decision to be a transformed person who was sent to influence your world, your sphere of influence for Jesus Christ. What if you decided this year to live sent? To live a life that is prepared to do what God calls you to do and to be what God calls you to be. A year, 2017, where you put your yes on the table and you're willing to go and do whatever brings honor and glory to God. You say, God, whatever it is you want me to do, I'm willing to do it. Whatever you want me to be, I'm willing to be it. My yes is sitting on the table. I want to live sent. That means I'm sent by you. And I want to have a transformed life. And I'd like to influence the people that are around me, that sphere of influence that you have given me. Well, I've got great news for you. And that is that today is the day that you can make that decision and begin the direction on there. You have 365 days to be a transformed person, living sent to influence your world for Jesus Christ. And you get to make that decision today and set that direction for 2017. You know, too often we, we hear a message like this and it'll be in April or be May and we'll say, oh, I wish I'd heard this in January and making some decisions for that whole year. Well, now you're hearing it. And we all have this opportunity to be able to do that. So as you approach this year, I want to give you some questions to ask and some actions to take that will allow you to live sent. Now, everyone, when you came in, you received a worship guide and you see some notes. There's a, a note page there. I know that many of you stayed up late, uh, you know, to watch the big ball drop or whatever it is. And so you're kind of tired. And if you just get real comfortable in the pew, I have come up with a message that has a lot of note taking that will keep you awake. Are you Okay. So uh, you need to pull that out and be ready. And I also want you to write this down, not just so you'll stay awake, but that you'll hold on to these and say, this can help me have direction for 2017. So questions to ask to set the direction. Last year, back uh, 2016, we did a series, a six-week sermon series in the fall that talked about our measures. And it says, so how are you doing? So if you're going to have a life that is one that is a, a sent, uh, transformed person who's sent to influence their world for Christ, we need to ask ourselves, so how are you doing? And we came up with six measures, six questions that we ask ourselves to give us a checkup. 
So my recommendation is, as we start this year, take those six questions and let that be your foundation to set your direction. Let me give you those six questions again and just write them down. Number one is this, have I met with God today? Have I met with God today? That talks about deepening your relationship with God. So ask yourself the question every day. Have I met with God today? Question number two is this, am I giving or taking? Am I giving or taking? What type of person are you? Are you one that's always taking or are you one that is giving? Are you generous in giving of your money, giving of your time, giving of encouragement, uh, giving of service to others, or are you more a taker? Number three is this, who are my 2 a.m. friends? And we talked about that person that was 2 a.m. and and you just need someone to talk to or you're in a difficult situation. Is there someone you know that you could call? And you may say, you know, I really don't have that person. Well, 2017 could be that time where you deepen a relationship and a friendship and have that 2 a.m. friend. Number four is this, am I close to someone far from God? Am I close to someone far from God? We talk about that we're to be the light of the world and to share God's message with others. But if we don't have anyone that's in our life that is far from God, we need to befriend someone so that we can live out the gospel and share the gospel with them. Number five, is my passport current? Is my passport current? Now, that's an easy thing to do. You can look at it and say, okay, does my passport expire in 2017? But it's more important than that. Am I in a position to respond to God's call? Am I in a position to respond to God's call? I mean, we can talk about, hey, I want to be open, but are you in a position financially? Are you in a position to where if God says, I want you to do this, you're able to do this and you're not flooded with debt? Attitude-wise, have you got an attitude that's ready for God to lead you or are you sitting there and you're whining and complaining and always uh, seeing negative on everything rather than just God saying, hey, can you see the opportunities that are out here? When you think about your relationships, are your relationships in order so that you can, if God says, I need to use you, that he could use you? Are your margins in your schedule in a position to where God can use you on that? And last of all is this, and that's what am I waiting for? That's the great question we always get to ask, and that is what am I waiting for? Take the initiative. Don't sit around and wait for someone to kick you in the seat of the pants. You just do it. And you get that opportunity to do that. 2017, you've got an opportunity to say, I want to live sin. I want to have a life to where I am transformed in the person of Jesus Christ and I can influence my world for Christ. So these are the measures. These are the questions to help you to set that direction. But second of all, and I want to spend some time on this, is actions to take to simplify and unclutter your life. Actions to take to simplify and unclutter your life. If you want to have a live sent life, then there's some simple, simplifying that needs to take place and some uncluttering to keep focused on what God has called you to do. I listened to a, uh, a study course that Bill Hybels did. Bill Hybels is the pastor at Willow Creek uh, Church. And uh, Bill wrote a book called Simplify. And in that book, he gives us some actions that we can take to simplify our life and kind of unclutter our life and to move towards a goal that believe that God has for us. What inspired him to write this book is he said every time he talks to people, he keeps hearing the same three questions, same three statements that they make, and it's these statements. I am exhausted, 
I'm overwhelmed. I'm overscheduled. I'm exhausted. I'm overwhelmed. And I'm overscheduled. Now, I'm not going to ask you to do a show of hands, but I think every one of us would say somewhere in 2016, we could relate to either one of those, two of those, or all three of those. Exhausted, overwhelmed, and overscheduled. And so that led him to believe that we just need to simplify our lives. We need to find some ways to simplify our lives. Because, see, our lives are so cluttered with other stuffs that even if they wanted to do more for God, they don't have time to work for him because their schedules are already overbooked. And so I want to share from that, from his, from his thoughts, about five actions that you can take to unclutter your life and allow you to set a direction that allow you to be a transformed person who is sent to influence their world for Christ. And to me, it's just very practical stuff that we need to take a look at. Are you ready? Number one is this. Number one is streamline your schedule. Streamline your schedule. Now, most people, when they plan out their schedule... They list all the things they need to get done, and then they pray that God will give them the strength to get the things done and to check those boxes off. What are all the things i got to do? God, just give me the strength to check these boxes off. But what if, when putting your schedule together, you approached it a little differently? And rather than ask, what do I have to get done, ask God to show you, who do I want to become? Now, write that down and think about that for a moment. As you start 2017... Instead of just saying, okay, what are the things I've got to get done this year? What if you step back and went a little deeper and said, Lord, who do I want to become? Show me who do I want to become? Now, when you answer that question, then you can begin to streamline your schedule. You say, what do you, who do you want to become? You say, well, I'd like to have a good relationship with God. Maybe you'd like to have more loving relationship with your family. Maybe you'd like to have a stronger relationship with your colleagues. Maybe it is you want to have good health. Maybe it is that you want to be on mission, someone who's useful to God in a, a cross-cultural situation. Then you determine who it is that you want to become. And then once you determine who you want to become, then you begin to set your schedule up to become that person. One of the most powerful tools that you have is your calendar. Now, some of you are old school. and You've got um, those paper calendars where you can write in there. Many of you have got a phone where you can go on an app and push it, and all of a sudden there's your calendar, and you can put dates on there. That is the most powerful thing that you have right there is your calendar. And you can control your calendar. And so when you figure out who do I want to become, then begin to say, what do I need to do to become that particular person? You want to be closer to God, your heavenly father? Then where does that priority show up on your schedule that will contribute to you walking closer to the Lord? You can place a section of time in your calendar called meet with God. It may be 15 minutes a day. It may be 30 minutes a day. You know, it's your choice. You pick the time. But when you take your calendar out, go on and do that now. Go throughout the year and just say, this particular time, this is, this is um, uh, going to be always there set up for God. You know there will come times when some shifting has to make, uh, take place. I understand that. But go on and try to set that time aside and say, I'm going to spend that time with God. And through those times I spend with him, at the end of 365 days, you will be closer in your relationship with him. You see, nobody drifts into being a different person. You've got to declare that you want to be that person. You've got to take steps. You've got to put it on your calendar, put it on your schedule. 
Uh, what about um, physically fit? You say, hey, I want to get more physically fit. Like Michael said, almost every person that uh, was asked about New Year's resolution, I want to get in better shape. What's going to get in better shape? Then set aside two hours during a week for some type of exercise or more. And just go in and put it on your calendar and say, I'm going to get serious. You'll never drift into exercise. Amen? Nobody drifts into exercise. Nobody drifts into a diet. You don't just drift into a diet. If there are Oreos there, I'll eat the Oreos, okay? I don't care how committed I've, I am and said, hey, I'm cutting down on sweets. If there are Oreos there, Janice will approve this. She knows it. They'll be gone. I mean, gone. I mean, every one of them within a couple days. She says, I think we need to throw those Oreos out. I said, no, I don't need to, honey. <laughs> I've already done. So you don't drift into that. You make choices. And, and so if you're going to say, hey, I want to get... Um, uh, Physical exercise, go on and set aside. Take your calendar out and put some time aside on there. What if you sit there and say, I'd like for my marriage to be better? You don't just drift into a good marriage. You take out your calendar and say, I'm going to set up date nights and start walking through there. Say, so we're going to have a date night here, a date night here, a date night here. When's that birthday? Circle that. When's that anniversary? Circle that. What about, do we need a vacation to take as a couple, as a family? Go on and block it on your calendar. It's January 1st. Go on and look through the next 12 months. Find that time. Book it. Circle it. Put it on the calendar and say, this is what we're going to do so we can be stronger in our marriage. You see, words on a schedule lived out consistently will help you live out the person that you want to become. Words on a schedule that lived out consistently will help you to become that person that you need to become, to become that transformed person who's sent to influence their world for Christ. So make a God-first schedule. Take out your calendar. You may have gotten one, a 2017 calendar. Take that. Take your phone, whichever it is, and begin to lay out that year and put those specific times of God first and then the other things that you want to accomplish, whether it be health, marriage, relationships, and, and whatever. And for some people, I know they will sit there and say, you know, I really want to do a cross-cultural experience. Well, go online, look at all the mission trips that we have, find one that you want to be a part of, and just go on and book it and block those days out on your calendar. Number one. Number two is this. Spend wisely. Be content to live within God's provision. Spend wisely. Be content to live within God's provision. Now, see what your current income is, and whatever your current income is right now, look at that as this is God's provision for my life during this season. Now, it could increase, could decrease, but right now, that's your income for this season. And what God is asking you to do is to, is to take that level. So, for instance, let's say if you just drew a line here and you said, this is my income. What God is asking you to do and asking me to do is to take that level of income that he has provided for you and to live your life below that level. Put some margin in there. Live below that level. You say, well, that means I've got to be content with that. And that's hard. He, that is exactly what God's asking you. Be content with what you have. In Philippians chapter 4, verse 11 through 12, Paul, writing from prison, saying, Not that I'm speaking of being in need, for I have learned that in whatever situation I am, to be content. And I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound. And in any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I've been on the highs, I've been on the lows. But guess what he said? 
I've learned to be content. Maybe one of the great things that God could teach us all this year is to have some contentment. That as he puts that, that income level where we are, and that doesn't mean you don't keep trying to say, hey, I want to do better and, and maybe increase income, whatever. I'm just saying that when you have that income level, you choose your standard of living. You choose how you're going to live with that. You choose how you'll spend your money. What God is saying is, why don't you take it down a little bit? Take it a little bit lower and be content with where you are. Because you see, what happens is, is we don't want to live right here. And so we can't be content, so we have to go up here. So how do you get up here? If you don't increase your income, you go into what? Debt. And that's where credit cards come in. And you begin to put more on credit card, more on this, go into deeper debt, and all of a sudden you're living at this level. But your income's at this level. And then you become a slave to debt. See, this year, if you spend wisely and can be content with the things that God has given you, so what do you do about that? Well, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9 says this, Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of your produce. It was an agrarian society. And whenever they would get the first fruits of their, um, uh, of their harvest, they would take that first 10% and they would give it to the church. They would give it to the Lord, give it to the synagogue, give it to the Levites. And so it says, take those first fruits of your produce and give it to the Lord. And so as you move into this year, why don't you go with God's plan? And what God's plan is, take 10% of your income and you tithe it. You give it to God's work. And then you leave on the other 90%. You take 10%, you live on the 90%. It is both an obedience test and a priority test. When you look at Matthew 6.33, and we started the sermon with, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. When we say seek first the kingdom of God, that would mean that of the provisions, things that God has given me, I take the first 10% and I give it to him or more than 10%. 10% is the base. And I say, I want to give this to you, Lord. And then I trust you for the rest on there. So you get to make that decision every week, every two weeks, every month, whenever you get paid, as to whether you want to be obedient or not obedient. And see, there's really two different ways of, of looking, looking at life, and faith goes into, into all of them. Uh, you, can, you can go with saying, I want to get from point A to point B in my living. And I know what my income is, and what I want to do is I believe that I need to keep 100%, and that will take me from A to B. There's a second philosophy, and that is, I want to go from A to B, and I'm going to accomplish this with 90%, and I'm going to give 10% to God, and then there's going to be a C. And what C is, is where God will bless and honor, and he will get honor and glory for what he does in the C. And I don't know what that is that God's going to do, but I'm going to give him that opportunity. Now... I like the way that Bill Hybels mentions this. He says, both people think the other one's crazy. Now, the one that's living on 100% from A to B thinks that this guy is crazy because he's given up 10% and he's trying to accomplish life on 90%. And he says, that's crazy. This person over here thinks this guy's crazy. And the reason he thinks he's crazy is he's saying he's never going to experience the sea. 
He's never going to experience God doing something that can't be explained only by the fact that God did it. He's not going to experience the fact that God provides something that you say, I had no idea how this could happen, but yet God did it. And now I've got a story to tell about what God did. So you're going to be crazy either way. Okay. People are going to think you're crazy, but you get to choose which crazy one you want to be. Do you want to go A to B with a full 100% or do you want to go A to B 90%, 10% to God and then look out there and say one day God's going to have a C out here. There's going to be something else out there that God is going to get the honor and is going to get the glory. Spend wisely. Man, be content to live within God's provision. If you just need a basic um, equation, when you get a paycheck, Give 10% to God, put 10% for retirement, and live on the 80%. And just have your life there and then say, move forward, God. There is a financial peace that surrounds your soul when you do this God's way. It removes the clutter of worrying about debt and trying to live above your means and keeping up with the Joneses. That can be exhausting. Exhausting trying to keep up with what everyone else is doing. Remove the clutter, remove the clutter of the debt, remove the clutter of trying to keep up with the Joneses and just focus on the things that are most important in this world. Streamline your schedule, spend wisely. Number three is this, survey your job satisfaction. Survey your job satisfaction. When God created Adam and Eve and he put Adam in the garden, he put him there to cultivate the garden. We were, we were created to work, Okay. And in uh, Colossians chapter 3, verses 23 and 24, it's a great verse. It talks about how we should enjoy that work. It says, whatever you do, work heartily. Man, give it all your heart. As for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. And so whatever you do in your job, you are to do it as you're working for Christ. That is the one that you are to serve. And so when I say survey your job satisfaction... I believe that um, you could take this year, the beginning of this year, to step back and take an honest appraisal of what your job is. And do you like it? Is it the right place for you to be? Sometimes you moan and groan or you wonder about it. Why don't you stop and just take a look at it? And let me give you four things that need to be aligned that you can look at in your job. Number one is passion alignment. Passion alignment. God instills a passion in us. And if that passion is followed, it leads us down a vocational path that gives us a lot of joy in our working years. So search your heart and ask yourself, do you love what you do? Does it make you want to jump out of bed? Do you sometimes look at yourself in the mirror and say, I can't believe I'm getting paid to do this. I love this so much. All right. It's a passion. Something you were created for, something you love as part of your heart. Take your job, look at your passion alignment. Number two, culture alignment. Culture alignment. Every workplace has a culture, and you will fit in better in certain cultures. Some cultures are more laid back. Hey, everything's kind of loose here in the office. Other cultures are a little bit more intense. Which culture do you work best with? If you're kind of a, hey, I'm a laid back culture guy and you're in an intense culture, this may not be a good match for you at this time. You're trying to get them to, hey, kick back like you're kicking back and they're kind of kicking you to say, pick up, pick up the speed, okay? We're built different, things that we enjoy differently. 
Do a culture alignment. Number three is a challenge alignment. Challenge alignment. Every job has to have some type of challenge. Evaluate your job and look at where are you from a challenge. There are three kinds of challenges. Under, appropriate, and over. Under-challenged. If you look at your job and you feel like that you are under-challenged, then what will happen is you'll go to work, you'll come home, you'll sleep well, all that stuff's happening, but there's just no challenge to it. Research has shown that when you stay in a job that is under-challenged, that the skills will atrophy and your motivation will wane, and then you just sort of chill out on that. Under-challenge, appropriate challenge. Appropriate challenge means that there's enough challenge there that keeps you motivated. You can handle the work, you work hard, you come home and you sleep good at night. That's appropriate challenge. Number three is overly challenged. What overly challenged is, is you're working hard as can be. But the harder you work, the more your inbox stacks up, the more the to-do list grows longer and longer. When you get home, you really can't even sleep at night because of the pit that's in your stomach because you've got so much to do the next day. Now, that's overly challenged. And nobody can stay that path very long. They will burn out. So where's the best place for you? I think the best place for you is when you take appropriate challenge, get to the top range of appropriate challenge and the bottom range of overly challenged. Top appropriate and the bottom of overly. You need something to stretch you. You need something to kind of push you. And see, for some, when you look in 2017, when I'm sitting there challenging you and myself to be a, in, a transformed person that's sent to influence their world for Christ, there's a, there's a part of you, just, just there's no motivation there to do it just because you're not motivating your job. And there's some of you that are so stressed out in your job, the last thing you can think about is some of the spiritual things that we're talking about. So maybe this is the time when you really take a look and say, I need a greater challenge. Or maybe for some, I need to step back from the challenge. I'm wearing out. Put those together. And the last is the pay alignment. The pay alignment. And that is, are you making enough money to be able to meet your needs and, and to live. And so um, you have to take those four alignments and look at your job. Now, it was very interesting when Bill Hybels, he said, well, what about somebody that has a high passion job, but it's a low paying job? You're doing what you love doing, but you're not making enough money. Well, maybe you can stay with that, but maybe you need to take a second job that you could bring in some more income. Or what if you had a high-paying job, but it was low passion? Well, if you had high pain, but it really wasn't your passion, look for something to volunteer in. Look for something that you can volunteer that has your passion that you can do. So you've got your work, and you're providing for your family, and you're enjoying it. It's just not really your passion. And then you find the area that you're really passionate about, and you volunteer over there. There are a lot of different options, but you have to make that decision. But I think it'd be a great time this year to survey your job situation, okay? Number four is this. Number four, strengthen your relationships, friendships, and forgiveness. Strengthen your relationships, friendships, and forgiveness. As we move into 2017, I want to be a person who is transformed, who can be sent to influence their world for Christ. 
I want to take my schedule and I want to begin to lay things out in the schedule that can help me to be the person I believe God's called me to be. And then as I'm going along this way, I need to strengthen the relationships, both friendships and forgiveness. Proverbs 18.24. I like the way the New Living Translation says this. There are friends who destroy each other, but a real friend sticks closer than a brother. There are friends, quotes, who destroy each other, but a real friend sticks closer than a brother. Strengthen relationships. Let me tell you some things I want to encourage you to do. Number one, trade in destructive relationships for godly relationships. And this is, now what I'm going to tell you is, is, is difficult, but it needs to be done. Some of you need to prune some of your friendships. You've got some people that are involved in your life that are so-called friends that are not doing you any favors. They're narcissistic, they're controlling, and they're leading you down paths that you don't need to go. And it's not just young people that when you sit there and say, yeah, you don't you want to get with that wrong crowd, it's with adults too. We can surround ourselves with people that take us down wrong paths and are really not good for us. And it'd be a time for you to Sit down with that person and talk to them. Have an honest conversation. And if they're not going to be heading down the path that you're going to head, then you need to step away from that, from that friendship and then trade that in for some godly friendships. Number two is this. Take a friendship to a deeper level by self-disclosure. Take a friendship to a deeper level by self-disclosure. This is where you begin to develop like a 2 a.m. friend. If there's some people that you're pretty close to and all you talk about sports and your job and sports and your job and this and that and a TV show, maybe there'll come that time where you sit down with them and say, you know, can I talk to you about something I've just been thinking about? Something that I've been worrying about? Something that's been on my heart? Maybe a spiritual issue? When I was reading and in my quiet time, God seemed to prompt me on this. And you begin to talk to them and there's this self-disclosure. You can get to a point where you can take the mask off and all of a sudden there's a real friendship there to where you can open up to someone. So this year, 2017, to be that person, take a friendship to a deeper level by self-disclosure. And last of all is this, and that's let go of resentment and revenge by forgiving as Christ does. Let go of resentment and revenge by forgiving as Christ does. You know, they talk about the seven last words of Christ when he was on the cross. And one of the first words he said is, as they were nailing his hands to the cross, he says, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they do. It's incredible. So Christ was forgiving the same ones that were taking his life. And Paul wrote in Colossians 3.13, he says, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you must forgive. Coming into 2017, for a number of us, We need to take a look at some of those relationships to where we're harboring unforgiveness and bitterness. Now, when somebody does something wrong to you, the natural reflex is revenge and not forgiveness. And you can tell a lot about a person by what they do after they are wronged. Hold off on that reflex reaction. Think through the alternatives that would come to your mind and follow the counsel that Jesus gave to his followers, which is to eventually and appropriately forgive others. Now, there will be different experiences that will happen in your life. Some of them will be major experiences that there's been a great amount of hurt. And you have to deal with this between you and God and then to be able to go before that person and tell them that you do forgive them. 
You forgive them in your heart, and you forgive them face-to-face if possible. But you deal with that, and it's difficult, and it's hard. But you get away from revenge, and you move towards forgiveness. But once you've forgiven that person, all this bitterness and all the clutter in your life, it begins to slide away. Because, see, when we talk about simplifying our life and uncluttering our life, a lot of it are things that are not on our schedule. They're things that are just stuck in our life. And it is those things that just keep eating at us. And, and when someone says, I want you to focus on this, I can't focus on this because I'm so upset over what has happened last year, years ago, whatever, and I can't release it. So the 2017 could be your year to where revenge is off the table and forgiveness is back on. And you ask, and you pro- provide forgiveness to others. And, and move on from there. And then there's sometimes where people will come and they'll hurt you. They'll misrepresent you. And they'll lie about you. You do the Matthew 18 where it says you take someone else with them and you confront that person and you talk to them. And you try to deal with that situation. And then there are other things that are just like a real small things, little friction things that happen where people upset you over here and there. Get to the point where you just give them grace and you move on. You say, I'm going to do exactly what here. The Lord has forgiven you, so I must forgive others. Strengthen those relationships. And as the Lord has forgiven you, then forgive others. And last of all is this, and that's surrender fully to God. Surrender fully to God. So when you're thinking about this year, you say, okay, Daniel, surrender fully to God. There's so many things you could say. Let me just throw one thing out. What about memorizing scripture? If you surrender fully to God, if you're going to have that time where you meet with God, why don't you take some scripture and memorize it? Maybe even get a life verse. Some people will ask you, what is your life verse? Well, as you go through Scripture, find a verse that just jumps out at you. That you say, you know, this is what I can kind of, this this is what I can use for strength as I go through difficult times. And you think about this in Psalm 119, verse 11. He says, I've stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. So when I'm talking about surrender fully to God, I'm asking you to take God's word and place it in your heart. And he says, I do this so that I will not sin against you. And so we're not going to be perfect. We understand that. But when temptation comes and I've got God's word, I'm going to come back at Satan exactly the way that Jesus came back. And when he was tempted in the wilderness, each time he came back with scripture. Hide that scripture in your heart. You won't sin against God. And then for direction, Psalm 119 verse 105 says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. It lights up the direction that I am to take. So take God's word, be motivated by those verses and let them shape you, shape your values and decisions that you make and the, commi- and the, com- uh, the commitments that you make. And as you begin to memorize scripture, it gives you a God consciousness throughout the day. Choose the path of wisdom, truth, faithfulness, because it leads to a harvest that God honors and is deeply satisfying. You need to remove the clutter of these other things so that you can live in freedom And you can focus with the things that really matter, knowing that your right decisions affect not only your life, but it affects your spouse's life, your children's life, your grandchildren's lives, and those that you work with. So we want to make the right decisions. So here's my challenge. Remove the clutter and simplify the decisions. Choose God's way at those critical intersections of your life. And you will be on your way to a transformed life that is living sent and influencing your world for Jesus Christ. 
we all get the opportunity to make that decision. The pages of the calendar have changed. You have a new calendar. It's 2017. You get to be in charge of that calendar. And as much as possible, I know things will happen. Things will change. We understand that. Situations come into our lives. I fully understand that. But don't back away from it. Begin to make it a God-first calendar. Begin to streamline that schedule. Begin to put those priorities of having that time with God, having that time with family, all the other things that we had talked about on there. Take a look at your finances and make the commitment. This year, we're going to live within God's provisions. And this year, we're going to honor God and honor him with our tithe. And then we're going to live on the 90%, and we're just going to trust God and to see what things he does where he gets honor and glory on there. Look at the relationships. Those fractured relationships from 2016, they carry over into 2017. It's not like they go away. You got to deal with it. And maybe there's some forgiveness that needs to take place. Maybe there's some pruning of some friendships and developing of other friendships that need to take place so that you can become that transformed person who is sent to influence their world for Jesus Christ. And surrender fully to God. Say, God, this is your year. Wouldn't it be great? (laughs) This is your year. This is your year. I'm going to surrender myself fully to you. And I'm going to do whatever it is you're calling me to do. My yes is on the table. Be what you want me to be. Go where you want me to go. I'm yours. 2017, let's live sent. Let me ask you to bow your heads, close your eyes. Father, we thank you so much for new beginnings. And uh, Lord, it's just really another day. We go from December 31st to January 1st, but it is a new year and a new calendar, and there's new opportunities. And one of the values of a new year, Lord, is it helps us to stop and think about where we've been and where we want to go. And so I pray for each person here. You know their own situations. Everyone here is a little bit different. But, Lord, speak into their heart and into their life and help them to take this year, take this calendar, take their plans, and may they be the plans that have been orchestrated by you and help them to make the right decisions to be able to be most used by you to influence their world for Christ. For it is in Jesus' name that we pray, amen.